good. All right. Evening. Uh, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 4 tonight. I told you I was going to cut down on my notes, but as it turns out, I lied to you. I'm sorry. It's one of those things that when you're having a conversation out living your life, and you misspeak something, you can kind of correct yourself, or maybe it's not even that big of a deal at all. But for me, I'm standing up here, and as a preacher, I mean, what are we really doing, right? So you're at home, you're reading your Bible, you're studying something. Uh, this uh, outline we have here tonight actually was put together for school. And so the Lord shows you something, and as a preacher, the Lord shows you something, and then you take what you've learned, and you share it with the class, so to speak, right? So there's just kind of a lot of weight on screwing up a sentence or two that, you know, I just don't trust myself just yet to, uh, to not be so note-bearing uh, with our passage. Um, but here we go, Joshua chapter 4 here. We're just going to start in verse 1. It says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there unto this day. For the priests which bear the Ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people, according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hasted and passed over. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over, that the Ark of the Lord passed over. And the priests in the presence of the people, and the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel, as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that the, bear the ark of the testimony that they come out, out of Jordan, Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests that bear the, ark of, that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up under the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place, and flowed over all his banks, 
as they did before. And the people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we were gone over. That all the people of the earth might know that the, the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, I'm humbled and, thank, and uh, thankful to, to, to be here tonight, Lord. We thank you for uh, uh, the storms clearing out and allowing us all to, to, to be here, that the power is on, that we have the opportunity to be in church tonight, Lord. And uh, I'm humbled to stand before your people and to, uh, to share with them what you've showed to me, Lord. And I pray that you'd strengthen me to do it. I pray that you be with my mind and uh, my words. And uh, I just pray that you guide me through this here, Lord, that, uh, that your people could uh, uh, learn something uh, from you here. And uh, we just thank you so much for this. We pray you'd be with Brother Kelly, that you'd, that you'd bless him and you'd help him in all the same ways that I ask for your help here tonight, Lord. And we just... Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So here's the thing. As I was preparing this, uh, I was kind of looking through. And the truth is, when this was put together, um, I had one of those moments that as I was preparing it for school, um, the Lord was like, this is the next thing you're going to preach. So here we are. But I was looking through it and just kind of... Uh, finalizing it, I guess we'll say, and looking through the other outlines that I have um, saved on my computer there. And I was almost kind of laughing because Pastor was talking not too long ago about, um, not necessarily somebody here, but uh, the concept of somebody criticizing an Old Testament preacher, right? Now, I'm not prepared to call myself an Old Testament preacher. I don't want to be called an Old Testament preacher. But I did laugh because... At this stage, seven out of the eight messages I've given have been Old Testament passages. Um, but the, the truth of it is, is that I hope through the course of time that, as I was saying, you study and then you share, right? So I'm hoping that the Lord will give me an understanding of the whole counsel of God to, to be able to share with you. Um, and part of it, I think this is actually a great example um, and maybe it'll help you. Maybe if you're struggling to read your Bible, I don't know. Uh, when I first started reading, I was like, you know what? I'm going to open this book, and Lord, I'm going to read your word. And I got about halfway through the Old Testament, and I was pretty confused. And I'm like, okay. And I was discouraged for a little while. I closed the book, and I, and I stopped reading. And eventually I opened it again. But when I opened it again, I started in the New Testament. And I read through the New Testament. And when I was done with that, I started back over at the beginning of the book. And what I found was, when you read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament, you'll see that it's all over it. I mean, the Old Testament's all, or the New Testament's all over the Old Testament. And so what we're going to see here in this passage here tonight in Joshua 4 is a picture of New Testament salvation. Um, 
when Brother Peacock gave the, he titled it for you, he gives you the passage and, and essentially says the cross and the Christian out of Joshua 4. And when I first sat down, I'm like, okay, how's this going to work? And as I went through this, the Lord started showing me some things and I'm like, wow, that's, that's good. Um, so anyway, so hopefully you agree, I guess. Um, but we have Israel and they're going to cross the Jordan here. They do cross the Jordan here. And so the Lord has them kind of take a pause, right, to take in this miracle in which he just performed for them. And, uh, and, um, and he has them to set up a memorial. And the purpose of the memorial isn't just for them, but it's also for the generations that are to follow, right? And so the thing is, when we get saved, we should also be setting our own little memorial up, right? Uh, just kind of in our own hearts and minds, right? And so that way, maybe the generations behind you can, can, can learn, right? And so our passage, we also have a command to spread the word or to teach the future generations. And there's also a peculiar represent, representation of these stones here, right? He told them to grab uh, a stone from each tribe, which if you remember, he said that on their shoulder, like these are like boulders here, right? So anyway, so the first thing I want to look at is, uh, is, is just being washed clean, right? Um, so we're going to skip around a little bit, but uh, we're, in, we're in chapter 4. Let's start in verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, go over to verse 11. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over, that the ark of the Lord passed over, and the priests in the presence of the people, over to verse 22, then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. And then just real quick, I want you to jump over to chapter 5, right? So in chapter 3, they're kind of lining up to cross. In chapter 4, they cross. And then they're freshly crossed into chapter 5 before they head into Jericho. And in verse 9, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. Wherefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal unto this day. So, in chapter 5 there, I mean, he all out tell, the Lord tells Joshua, he's rolled away the repro reproach off of, 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 from Egypt off of the people. So, the people just stand, stepped into this land that, that was promised to them, right? So they were promised it, but then the whole tobacco with Moses and the smiting of the rock and whatnot. And so it's changed to Joshua, and, and now they're going to move forward. Um, um, and so they cross the Jordan, and they're being offered a fresh start. And it's very... This is very different for the Old Testament, right? Because uh, Egypt is a picture of the world, right? And so um, it's a very different system then. But it says that they were clean passed over and that the Lord uh, rolled away the reproach um, from, from the world, right? From Egypt, from the world. And so they passed through the Jordan River but it says that they passed on dry ground. So when it says they were clean passed over, right? Like, I know this goes without saying, but it obviously wasn't like a hygiene thing, right? Like, it wasn't like you go to somebody's house and, oh man, I hope I don't offend somebody. You go to somebody's house and they burn incense and then you leave and you still smell like incense, right? It's not that type of thing. It didn't like wash them clean in this. This is a much deeper clean. 
But like I said, we're in the Old Testament, right? So um, sacrifices were necessary for the remittance of sin. But at this time, I mean, you read it, I read it. At this time, the Lord's given them a clean slate upon crossing the Jordan. So now, how does that compare? I stole a little envelope. Why don't we flip over to Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 1. What we're going to look at is how this compares to the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So the first time they passed through the river, right? And they were freed from the reproach of the world. For us, we're going to go through the blood, right? The blood of Jesus Christ. Because of what Christ has done for us, we've been freed from that reproach of sin. We no longer carry the burden of sin, right? So... Um, we've been restored to the uh, fellowship with the Lord um, because of, of, of because this, this washing away, right? For them it was through the river. For us it's through the blood. Fit back to Isaiah, chapter 1 of Isaiah, back to the Old Testament. And take a look at verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So now the blood of Jesus Christ has washed us clean in the New Testament, right? So Israel was given this same blessing when they crossed the Jordan, right? So it's just kind of interesting. Reading the Old Testament in light of the New, right? So I recognize that moving forward, like, it's a different system. Like, I get it, okay? So moving forward for them is different than moving forward for us, right? So the animal sacrifices haven't gone away. But in this moment, the picture, I mean, it's pretty clear, right? Do we agree? All right. So now we got something else to look at. We got some stones that have some meaning back here. Back to Joshua 4. So verse 2, take you 12 men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command ye them, saying, take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm. 12 stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Down in verse 8. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they had lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up the twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. Over to verse 13, about 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. 
And lastly, verse 20, And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. Okay, so the Lord tells them, or uh, uh, tells Joshua, to command twelve men, one from each tribe, to get a stone from the riverbed, a boulder from the riverbed. Then to put the stones for a memorial uh, on the bank, right? Uh, uh, and it's a memorial for what the Lord did for them there. Something, something that they can do to call to their own remembrance. And so that way the generations to come can take a look at these things and ask about them. I mean, what's that all about, right? And so now, here's the thing that, to, to, to hold on to there. Because I think that this story gets overshadowed with Noah. Or sorry, with Moses. This is literally the same miracle. Now, the Red Sea, I'm sure, was a bigger body of water, which you would think maybe would stick in their brain a little bit longer, but you know how that went. So the Lord's like, all right, I'm going to part this water again. You're going to pass through on dry ground. Like, this is quite the miracle here. And this time, you're going to get some stones. You're going to pitch a memorial. And not only are you going to remember, but generations to come are going to learn. They're going to notice those things, and they're going to learn from this thing. Because the last time, I mean, they blew it, right? I mean, how long did it take for them to completely blow it? And so now with that in mind, you know, do you remember the day you got saved? You know, do you remember where you were? Do you remember who led you to Christ? For me, it was June 2nd, 2019, in that office right there, the pastor showed me some verses, and we got on our knees, and I asked the Lord to save my soul. And I also asked him to remove any doubt about that. So let me tell you something. Let's back up a little bit. I was 37 years old. When I was 17, I had went to a Pentecostal church uh, through a family member a couple times. And uh, the bishop of the church asked if anybody wanted to get saved, to uh, come before everybody. Everybody lined up front. There was me, and I was one of maybe 20 people, just guessing. And, uh, you know, he kind of walked by and, like, touched all our heads or whatever. And they had us go to the back room, and they said some stuff back there. I couldn't tell you what was said. But it was so vague, and I, it was so much so that I, I did it a second time, because it's like, what, did anything happen there? And so you flash forward 20 years, I come here, and pastor asked me if I'm saved, and it's like, I think, you know? But the thing is, from the moment I stood up that day, I've never had another doubt about it. I have no question about where I'm going when I die, and... and Seriously, I mean, I, I've never had another doubt about that. And because of that, I have like this little memorial that day. I am terrible about birthdays. If I like you and I love you and you tell me your birthday and I forget it, don't be surprised. But for some reason, June 2nd, 2019, I mean, that's literally memorialized in me because that's a big deal to me. But here's the thing. A lot of people have gotten saved in that office, and we can't all just go grab a stone and go put it in pastor's office. Especially in the Mount of like Israel right here. Now, they were commanded one stone for every tribe, and thank goodness, right? And especially if it was their pastor's office, because if you noticed, it said that there was 40,000 prepared for war. So you're talking about men that are 20 and up. I mean, that's not even counting the women and children here. I mean, there's a serious amount of people that just passed over. Um, and so now there's one last... Um, sorry, we got we to gotta look at... We're still on the stones. 
keep my little marker here. I want you to flash forward, right? So those were like stones of remembrance, right? It was for a memorial. We got some stones in the New Testament too. Flip forward to 1 Corinthians. Just some really interesting comparisons here in Joshua 4. And with this one, the use of stones. 1 Corinthians 3 is where you want to be. And pick up in verse 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now let's think about this. Precious stones. What's another word for precious stones? Jewels, right? Go back to Malachi chapter 3. And just verse 17. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Now, in these two verses we see a theme about stones, right? When a man's work shall be tried, there may be precious stones present, right? And then when the Lord makes up his jewels, he will spare them as a man spares his son. So now is there anybody in the room that thinks that the Lord is looking at this pile of rocks as if it's his own son? Right? Doesn't make sense, right? So back in our passage, we saw the 12 tribes all grab a stone from the riverbed, and that was going to represent them. Right? So in regards to the precious stones in 1 Corinthians, uh, we see that this is the result of a man's work. And when you put all these verses together, all three passages there together, we see that when you lead somebody to Jesus Christ, they'll be represented with a precious stone or a jewel, right, at the judgment seat of Christ. Because none of us believe that these stones are just rocks, right? All right. Last thing we want to notice, go back to Joshua here, is the command to spread the word. All right, so we're going to pick up in verse 6. That this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Verse 21. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were 
till you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. Okay, so the people are clean passed over Jordan. Lord commanded them to build a memorial, and then he tells them that this is to teach the, the next generations, the generations are to come. And there's multiple things that were taught here, right? So the first thing was that the Lord brought the people out of Egypt, right, and delivered them to the promised land. He performed a miracle that they could cross the Jordan by stopping the water, that they could cross on a dry riverbed. Twice, not once, but twice, right? Third, that upon crossing, they were cleaned of the reproach of Egypt. And lastly, they are now living in a land given to them by God that flows with milk and honey for an inheritance. I don't know about you, but that kind of feels a lot like my life here today. So now also, this was a huge deal for them. Like, let's not forget, they just spent 40 years in the wilderness, right? Just as much as it was for them. The day I got saved, I just shared with you my personal testimony. Like, that's a huge deal to me. Just like Israel here, uh, in the concept of sharing this with others, I mean, that's what we should be doing. We should be, we should be sharing our personal testimony to help lead others to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, that memorial will be the reason for questions for the generations to follow. But I ask you, what about you? As a memorial, you, is anybody getting helped? Right? Are you just, I mean, it was a huge deal, right? I mean, are you standing as a memorial? So now let's move forward to 1 Corinthians again. Sorry. And this is a verse you need to hold on to. Chapter 9. In verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. As a saved people, we know the importance of helping lost people come to know Jesus Christ. They're not going to recognize but we know very well the outcome if they don't, right? We know the consequence, right? Woe is unto us if we just stand by, right? And if you do that, you should be prepared to answer for that. It's the sort of thing that, like, the Lord tells you to go ahead after the second admonition to reject the, her the heretic, right? I'm not telling you to go beat up anybody that isn't listening to you. But for the people that you love, the people that you know, that you respect, that you see that aren't fighting you, I mean, don't blow it off. They need continue witnessing because they don't get it, right? They're still blinded, right? Uh, they need you. And maybe it's not always words. Maybe it's just you. Maybe it's just your example. Maybe it's just you as the memorial. Now... Flip over to Romans real quick, and we're going to finish in Romans here. Romans chapter 1. A lot of chapter 1 tonight. 
You are the memorial, Christian. Chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We are to be steadfast. We are to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the Israelites in this passage, that was a big deal, and it was to be known, right? The Lord was to get the glory for it, and the Lord needs to get the glory in your lives, right? Now, I threw a little sidebar in here um, for the carnal Christians in the room. Take a look at verse 20 real quick, Romans 1.20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Okay? So now here's the thing. I understand we're talking about creation here, right? And I also understand that we've been saved and the Holy Ghost teaches us and in a sense we've been enlightened, right? To where we're not blinded like the lost people of the world are. But I almost have to wonder. So... I don't believe I have the ability to wake up in the morning without the Lord. I don't believe I have the power to stand here, to breathe, to sustain myself. I mean, it's the power of His Word that holds the whole earth together, right? And so, I have to wonder sometimes... When you look out at things... Now, I know we're talking about creation here in the passage, but let's just open up your sanctified imagination just for a second and think about how the influence of the Lord is all around you. And some of it's good and some of it's wicked, but it's there, right? And it's kind of interesting. So let's spiritualize something that's not spiritual at all, right? What I'm about to say is not spiritual at all, okay? Think about birthstones. Nothing spiritual about birthstones, right? I was born in September. My birthstone's a sapphire. It's a really good color. I don't know why, if it's my favorite color because of that. My brother's birthstone's yellow. I'm glad I didn't get that one. <laughs> but, but it is an interesting thing, right? It is an interesting thing that's out there in the world that's not spiritual when you're thinking about the precious stones and you're thinking about a representation of man right now take that thought and transfer that into like a mother's ring do you guys know what a mother's ring is it's like if you have kids so like my mom has my grandmother's mother's ring my mom was one of eight so she has a ring that has eight little birthstones in it, right? And they're a representation of her children. Okay? So now take that thought and I get it, right? I get it. I'm not picking on you for the concept of being carnal. Like, I have some things that I think are pretty cool. And there's some other things that exist in the world that I think are pretty cool. But the fact of the matter is that I can't take a single thing with me into eternity. Right? So, if you're somebody that's like, you know, some things are pretty cool. Well, let me challenge you to earn something that's pretty cool. I'll tell you what I want. I want a soul winner's crown, right? 
So that is cool to me and can help so many others, right? To get to that place. But I don't just want a soul winner's crown. Like, I want that thing all studded out. Like I said with a mother's ring, like I want that sucker just like bling bling like you've never seen, right? Just blah, right? You want something cool, Christian? Earn yourself one of those, right? Think about that sort of thing. Building up treasures in heaven. I almost wonder in my, in my quest for a soul winner's crowd, how many other tre- treasures would be built up along the way, right? Got to get your mind off the world. And I'm not saying that cool things don't exist, but I'm just trying to push her just one more step forward. So now let's wrap this up, right? So the Old Testament, Pastor says, and he's right, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Did I say that right? And so I believe that we've seen a clear picture of that. Everything we covered was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm sure you love me for that. But that's what we had here. So now looking at both Testaments, what we saw was the Lord washing man sin away. We've seen a representation of man through the use of stones. And we also saw the command to spread the word, right? The important thing to take away from this is what that means to us, right? And so now, here's the thing. It leads to the great question, and I'm done. Are we holding on to the miracle that the Lord did for us at the time of our salvation? Are we sharing that with others, right? Are we doing what we can to lead lost people to Jesus Christ? And I'm charging you tonight to be the memorial, right? Be that voice. When the moment arises, right, when you see that in, I believe you're going to know it, right? When the moment the witness comes up, like you see it, right? So I'm just saying to you right now, when that moment happens... Just be it, Christian. Just be that voice. Be that memorial. That's it. That's all I got for you. Let's close in a word of prayer.